listening to Rumination Tuesday on this November the 10th in the year of our Lord 2020. It's Law and Gospel. I'm Pastor Tom Baker, and with me is Pastor Mark Smith. And the hymn we're going to be looking at today is The Day is Surely Drawing Near. It was written by Bartholomew Ringwald, who was born about 1531 in Frankfurt. He was ordained in 1556 as a Lutheran pastor and actually served a parish in Poland. He is best well known for what's called the Crypto-Calvinist Controversy. What does that mean? Well, it was the nature of the Lord's Supper, and Ringwald was very close to the adherence of classical Lutheran theological articulation concerning the nature of the Lord's Supper. And they were opposed by a group of Philip Melanchthon students called Philippists, and they wanted to reinterpret Martin Luther's teaching to a more Calvinist understanding. He was very strong in that area, well known about it, and in the area of hymnology, he produced approximately 150 hymns during his lifetime. He died May the 9th, 1599. The translator is Philip A. Peter. He was born in 1832 and ordained in 1558 as a Lutheran pastor, and he served at St. Paul's in Olean, Indiana. And then he was given an appointment to three Ohio parishes simultaneously in Ithaca, in Franklin Township, and in Phillipsburg. And so he did quite a bit of translation, and he also was very strong in writing from a Lutheran point of view. He died February the 9th, 1919, at Verona, Ohio. So, we're all set now to kind of take a look at this hymn. The day is surely drawing near. Pastor Smith, what was there about the hymn that you felt interesting? Well, I think the, the words are really great. The melody... Uh, the tune is not is not my favorite. It's it just comes off a little. I, I mean, I have to. I hate to be critical, but it's it's just a little bit whiny to me. But the words, you know, the it, it's all about Christ's second coming, and uh, you, you know, I mean, it it it's very extensive. Uh, it gives a lot a lot of detail on his second coming, uh, the resurrection, right. the judgment. So it's it's a it's a good hymn. It's actually taken from a German hymn in 1565 that was anonymously written. And it states, it begins, Day of wrath, O day of mourning. And what Ringwald believed is that he felt that this anonymous hymn did not have the right emphasis. So he published a revised version and... It is a hymn about the last days, 
but it has a lot more about Jesus Christ in it than the original did. Well, it's seven stanzas, so we better not fool around. And would you read the first one, please? Okay. The day is surely drawing near when Jesus, God's anointed, in all his power shall appear as judge whom God appointed. Then fright shall banish idle mirth, and flames on flames shall ravage earth, as Scripture long has warned us. Yeah, there are about 30 differences that the hymnal we're looking at kind of changes from the anonymous hymn. For example, you began, The day is surely drawing near when Jesus, God's anointed. And originally it was when God's Son, the anointed. And there's about 30 other little changes they made in order to emphasize Jesus. So what is this day that is drawing near? That's the last day. The last day. And, of course, yes. this, uh, this hymn falls on in November as we approach the end of the, of the church liturgical year. And so it's, it's a good time as we approach Advent. It's a good time for us to, you know, to be mindful that the Lord is coming again soon, and we need to always be prepared for that second coming. Yes, it's actually the hymn of the day selected for Proper 28 and Trinity 26. So it's very important. Uh, what I uh, appreciate about it is when it talks about Jesus, a lot of people think if you would ask them, which person of the Trinity is going to be the judge on Judgment Day? And a lot of people say it's the Father. But as you read, it's Jesus is the judge whom God appointed. And that's good news for us because we who believe in Jesus, we've you know he, he's our judge, and uh, yes. we have no better friend than he. In fact, the devil was considered the prosecuting attorney. Jesus is our defense attorney, our and advocate. therefore he's also the judge. Right. All right. Stanza two. I'll read. The final trumpet then shall sound, and all the earth be shaken, and all who rest beneath the ground shall from their sleep awaken. But all who live will in that hour, by God's almighty boundless power, be changed at his commanding. What does that mean, to be changed? Well, we'll all, we'll all be changed. In a moment, in a flash, in the twinkling of an eye, uh, this mortal must put on immortality that's sown in weakness and is raised in power. So we who, we're, if we happen to be alive when, when Jesus returns, we'll be, we'll be changed. We'll be uh, glorified, in fact. And, uh, yes. And, but, but before that happens, before that happens, those who are sleeping in Jesus, those who are already dead, will, will, will be raised, glorified. Yes. And, uh, <clears throat> excuse me, it says all who live will in that hour. So yeah. we're, according to First Thessalonians, which is the reading for this Sunday, we all go to heaven at the same time. Right. In the clouds of the earth. 
Right. All right. What happens on that day? Stanza three, please. The books are open then to all, a record truly telling what each has done, both great and small, when he on earth was dwelling. And every heart be clearly seen, and all be known as they have been in thoughts and words and actions. So the Boy, when you first open. read that, doesn't that scare you a little bit? That <laughs> everything that you have done on earth will be open to everybody? No, it doesn't, because we, we, we Christians are told there is no condemnation for them that are in Christ Jesus. We don't have to worry about what we've done. That, that, that all, as far as God's concerned, he sees us now as, as saints. So there's no condemnation. Now, granted, people who don't believe in Jesus, uh, they'll be judged, uh, you know, according to their works. But there's no condemnation for them that are in Christ Jesus. He that believeth and is baptized shall be saved. Yeah, what Ringwald suggested is that the books for the believers, yes, it does have what they have done, both great and small, but they're always good works in the eyes of God. In contrast to the unbelievers' books where there's nothing but their sinful life. That's right. So, stanza four. Then woe to those those who scorn the Lord and sought but carnal pleasures, who here despised his precious word and loved their earthly treasures. With shame and trembling they will stand and at the judgment's stern command to Satan be delivered. Boy, I find that really interesting there. It's not only interesting, it's uh, it's pretty scary if, if you happen to be outside of the faith. Yes. Yes. There was another anonymous hymn that was also in this pamphlet. It was 25 verses long about girls who spend so much money on nice clothes that they impoverished their families, rejected suitors for frivolous reasons, and when they finally married, they led miserable lives. No kidding. So that, was... that kind of is what this verse is referring back to, that anonymous hymn. About that used to be girls. a verse in the old hymn? How much? That used to be a verse in the old hymn? No, it was... When this hymn came out anonymously, Uh the day is surely drawing near, this had 19 stanzas, but it was the second of two published hymns in the same pamphlet in 1565, and the other hymn was this 25-stanza tale of woe about these girls. (laughs) Oh, boy, goodness. Yeah. I don't know how that I don't know how that stanza would go over today. <laughs> oh, it would go over well because <laughs> look at how many girls don't see any problem with having relationships before marriage. Yeah, yeah. I mean, it could easily go over today, at least make sense. 
And at least the pastor should be talking when he speaks the law about this problem. It just appears that when two people get engaged, they just assume that that means they can start living together until the marriage to test each other out. And what this hymn did is showed that even when they finally got married, their lives were miserable. Mm. And we we see that a lot uh, in today. Look at, look at the rate of divorce, uh, even among Christians, is so high. So they didn't fool around in that day. No, they, they preached the word. Didn't mince words at all. And... What happened with uh, Ringwald is that he changed it, made it more general. But with shame and trembling, they will stand at and at the judge's stern command to Satan be delivered. That's really sad. In fact, the purpose of the church is to do the mission of Jesus Christ so people will not be delivered over to Satan. Exactly. Yeah, that's what we don't want to happen to anyone. No. You know, when I did the study yesterday, uh, I chose the Thessalonica reading because the other two readings were really pretty negative about people going to hell. And I think that is a problem that many nuns have, N-O-N-E-S, who left the church, they can't understand why anybody would be going to hell if God is so almighty and to be so loving. So yeah. it is a question they, that we need to deal If they even believe with. in hell. Yes. If they even believe that there's a hell, for instance. Yeah. Yeah. Which we know, reject, we, we know there is. They reject these beliefs simply because they can't stand them. And rather than defend against them, they just say no. They reject them. All right, if you would read stanza five. Okay. My Savior paid the debt I owe, and for my sin was smitten. Within the book of life, I know my name has now been written. I will not doubt for I am free, and Satan cannot threaten me. There is no condemnation. Yeah, you already mentioned that, about no condemnation uh, for the believers. What I really like are the first two lines that talk about what did Jesus really do that saved us? He paid the debt I owe, and for my sin was smitten. That's right. In other words, he became sin for us. Exactly. And he do you recall when that occurred? On the cross. Well, in fact, uh, he took he took all our sins upon him, uh, even at his baptism in the Jordan. Excellent. He, he took all of our sins upon him. And, and really, you know, you could say he carried them all, all his adult life. And finally took him with him to the cross, where uh, he became the sacrifice for those sins. Well said. And therefore, he paid the debt I owe. There, there's no other religion. Do you know of any other religion in the world outside of Christianity 
that the God they, they believe in pays the debt they owe so that salvation is free and gracious? No, in fact, that that tells you more than anything else that this is God-given. It's not just a man-made religion. It's it's uh, it's revelation from God that he gives us that, that glorious good news of salvation in his son, that he has paid, he himself has paid the price. No other religion teaches that. No. No, it, it shows the uniqueness of the Christian faith. And another point you made, that had to be revealed. Because right. common sense religion believes that my works get me saved as I obey my God more and more. He begins to like me, love me, and then maybe save me. There's very little assurance of salvation outside of the Christian faith. Yeah, in fact, I would say no assurance of salvation outside of the Christian faith. It's only yeah. those who believe in Jesus Christ will finally be saved. And that's why it's so important that we get the, the gospel, we get the good news of salvation to Jesus Christ out to the ends of the earth, because he is the only way to heaven. Well said. And that's something you did quite a bit at your church until you retired. And I'm sure you're still doing that in talking with people, etc. because nothing is more important than them hearing the gospel message of Jesus Christ for their salvation. Right. So, on Judgment Day, we've already said Jesus is our defense attorney. Uh, let me read stanza six, which has another word. May Christ our intercessor be, and through his blood and merit, read from his book that we are free with all who life inherit. Then we shall see him face to face with all his saints in that blessed place which he has purchased for us. Now, the question I have for you is, Jesus said that if you believe in me, he was talking to the Pharisees, you will be free. And they say, no, we don't need to believe in you. We have always been free we have followed Abraham. So what does this verse mean that we're reading from his book that we are free? What What's the freedom being talked about? Well, we're sons of Abraham uh, because we share the same faith as Abraham. Abra Abraham believed in the promise of a Savior. And so uh, we're free. We're free in Christ. There is now no condemnation for them that are in Christ Jesus. Um, we're, our, our names are written in the book of life. Even that yeah. little baby that was baptized, his name is written in the book of life. And, and, and if we, we were, uh, as, as the scripture says, um, it says, uh, you, you are my uh, disciples. If you continue in my word, you are truly my disciples and you will know the truth and the truth will set you free. And yes. Jesus himself is the the way, the truth, and the life. What we are freed from then is something I like saying with law and gospel. We're free from the curse of the law. And what was the curse of the law? Curse of the law. The curse of the law is it's it's the opposite of the, pro the promises of the gospel. Uh, the curse of the law is uh, death. 
Eternal yes. death. Eternal death. In the death, day that you no, sin, right? Death is the result. That's right. And in the day that you, in the day that you eat of the fruit of the tree thereof, you shall surely die. As 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 God told Adam and Eve, even back then, um, that's what the the curse is: eternal death. And they did die in the sense they separated themselves from God, trying to hide from Him. Right. And God fulfilled the promise that there would be death, but it wasn't the death of Adam and Eve or any believer. It was the death of Jesus that frees us from the curse of the law. Right. Absolutely. All right. Stanza seven, please. Okay. Oh, Jesus Christ, do not delay, but hasten our salvation. We often tremble on our way in fear and tribulation. Oh, hear and grant our fervent plea. Come, mighty judge, and set us free from death and every evil. Well, that's a good prayer, especially when uh, things don't appear to go to our go our way in life, and and we worry about the future. As you know, as some people, you know, just following the election, and uh, you know, we're we're fearful of how things will go in the future, and we're fearful of the uh, of the virus that uh, has been enveloping the world and and uh you know it's it's always you know it's that's not something his second coming is not something that we should be afraid of then that's what no. this is revealed in this prayer jesus christ do not realize we are ready we are ready whenever you whenever you wish to come whenever you have planned to come we're ready to go with you yeah you mentioned that that stanza is a prayer which is absolutely correct it's from first corinthians sixteen twenty two. But so is also stanza six about the final perseverance of all who belong to Christ through his blood and merit. That's first Peter chapter one, eighteen and nineteen. And that God intercedes for us. That's Romans eight thirty four, first John two one, Isaiah fifty three twelve, and Luke twenty three thirty four, as well as Hebrews nine twenty four. And then we shall see him face to face is 1 Corinthians 13, 12, and Revelation 7, 9 to 17. Now, it's interesting that a lot of hymns as well as statements about the last day take a lot of stuff from the book of Revelation. But what he does, he really begins with the last day from the words of our Lord in Matthew 24 and 25, that fright shall banish idle mirth. And a number of passages there. So you don't like the tune, but you like the words. Well, you know, uh, it's singable. I mean, I'm familiar with the tune. It's, It's not my favorite. But, yes. you know, there's only so many tunes that could accommodate these beautiful words. The words are excellent. Yes. In our hymnal at the bottom, they have the code for the hymn, and it's 8787887. In right. other words, how many syllables in are in each line of a right. particular stanza? Well, you can go to the index 
and take a look and see if any other hymns have yeah. that code, 8787887. And I don't know if it does or not, but then you could it. use that other tune if, yeah. if this one isn't that pleasing to you. It's it's singable. It's just not my favorite. Yes. But it's a good the, hymn uh, this time of year. Well, it's really a tough kind of preaching this kind of year, simply because for many people, Judgment Day is kind of negative, uh, particularly when they think of those who will not be saved. But it is most important to talk about that so the church get out about the business of trying to save those who need to be saved. Yeah, it stresses the importance of uh, our mission to yes. get the gospel out. Yeah, in Mark, at the beginning of the gospel of Mark, Jesus says what the mission is. Repent and believe the gospel. Right. And so repentance is a work of the law, John the baptizer, and believing the gospel is, of course, how people come to faith. All right. Thank you very much, Pastor Mark Smith. The day is surely drawing near on tomorrow's Law and Gospel. We'll be looking again at C.F.W. Walther and his wonderful teaching on Law and Gospel. I'm Tom Baker, Pastor Smith. God bless you. Listen to Law and Gospel each weekday morning at 930 on KFUO. For a tax-deductible gift to Law and Gospel, please make your check payable to Concordia Mission Society and mail it to Tom Baker, P.O. Box 28910, St. Louis, Missouri, 63132. To give online, visit lawandgospel101.com or call toll-free 1-877-267-1962. Views and opinions expressed on Worldwide KFUO may not represent the official position of the management or ownership of KFUO, the Lutheran Church, Missouri Synod. If you'd like to comment on programs or topics heard on Worldwide KFUO, write us at KFUO, 1333 South Kirkwood Road, St. Louis, Missouri, 63122. You can also leave a question or comment on our comment line at 314-996-1542. We are the messenger of good news, Worldwide KFUO.